0: Hello and welcome to episode 64 of Killer Hangover. I'm Bettina. And I'm Beth. And we are recording virtually. It's not, it's just odd.
1: <laughs> Mom hates it.
0: <laughs> I do. I absolutely hate it. <laughs> I don't like it because I'm not in the same room with you, and I don't get to see my grandbabies, so no, I don't like it. It's
1: different, (laughs) for sure. But we're trying something new just to kind of maybe prepare when the baby is here. Just something new. Something new. So, Mom.
0: This week we're going to tell you a story about true crime and a story about paranormal from... Mississippi. And it's actually uh, Mississippi was a request from one of our very faithful listeners, and that is Mimi from Mississippi. Yay! <laughs> Thank you for requesting. He made us look and see what there was. So all right. Since I have the true crime, Bethy has the paranormal and she has the drink.
1: And I have the guest.
0: Yes. A very Who's special bouncing guest. up and down in his seat.
1: Bouncing up and down and no it's not Alex. It's <laughs> Me. Aiden. <laughs> yes, Aiden is joining us again this week.
0: Yay. Uh, this
1: podcast is going to go smoothly down. It's going to go smoothly down? Oh. <laughs> like we're going go all the way down. I hope it just goes smoothly and not smoothly <laughs> down. <laughs> I have, I have this ice cream I'm gonna try it my mommy tells me to that's right you're gonna try it when mommy yeah. tells you to so this week obviously because Aiden is here I chose another mocktail but it kind of has a little twist to it so we are I'm really cool you can tell something really cool in just a second I'm gonna tell them something really cool about what we're drinking we are drinking a Mississippi mudslide. <gasps> Ooh! You ready to try the mudslide? <laughs> <laughs> All right, Yaya. Yeah, I'm yeah, ready, you ready too. I sent Yaya the recipe to make herself. Mm. yum, yum. And can I tell you something really cool? Okay. Mommy well. has a baby in her belly, and it's a boy. Yes, another boy. Three little boys. <laughs> Yay! Thank you for telling everybody. that.
0: <laughs> He just loves to tell everybody. Aiden, (laughs) it's a really good drink, isn't it?
1: Sure is. Yes, it is.
0: Can you tell me what it tastes like? He's just chugging it. (laughs) It tastes like chocolate milk and whipped cream oh
1: oh well let me tell you guys what's in it aiden has something different than what i have and we both have something different than what yaya has (laughs) so this cocktail or mocktail or whatever you want to make it it can fit anybody's taste buds so the actual recipe is what mom is drinking Mm. and the recipe calls for one pint Mm. of chocolate ice cream (laughs) one pint of coffee ice cream one cup of milk A half cup of bourbon, you put it in a blender, you blend it all up, and then you put whipped cream and you can garnish it with whatever you'd like. So that's what mom is drinking.
0: I didn't do the whipped cream, but I did everything else. It's delicious.
1: Yes. I just did. Actually, I did all of it except for the bourbon. And Aiden did all of it except for the bourbon. And I did not give him coffee ice cream as you hear him chattering in the background. That's I just didn't, him. I did not want to <laughs> risk giving this child any more caffeine than what's already in chocolate ice it's cream. Our so. chatter
0: box our <laughs> chatterbox. Chocolate ice
1: cream. Do you like chocolate ice cream? Uh, uh, sure. What's your favorite part about the drink?
0: The chocolate.
1: <laughs> The chocolate. The chocolate yeah.
0: chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> that was
1: orange. Okay. <laughs> he just Oh my gosh.
0: It's <laughs> so funny.
1: <laughs> hey Aiden. So funny. You wanna tell us a funny joke? Sure. Why was the bee's hair all sticky? Why was the bee's hair all sticky? Why? Because he used a honey comb. Good, Aiden. <laughs> is there anything else you want to say on the podcast before you have to head up and play with Daddy? Uh yeah. Okay, what would you like to say? Um, this podcast at the end, I'm gonna say this is amazing.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, Aiden, thank you so much for being on the podcast again. I don't want to go bye-bye because mommy's letting me go bye-bye-bye. Bye. Aiden, I love you. I love you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry I am doing it in the microphone, but I love Yaya. My <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What'd he say? I'm I sorry. love Yaya. Oh, my gosh. I really only, I, I only gave him this like. This podcast is Mississippi.
0: Yeah,
1: this podcast is <laughs> Oh, my gosh. Editing this is going to be great. I really only gave him like maybe a cup of ice cream. Maybe.
0: Well, he was jacked up before he even tasted it. I mean, he was
1: just really excited to be on the podcast. Aiden, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, guys. And this podcast is amazing. Yeah, the podcast is amazing. All right. Bye, bye. guys. Bye, Bye 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 Aiden. Aiden. Bye, everybody who's
0: listening to the podcast. Oh, I just want to squeeze him.
1: Oh, he's squeezable. That's for sure. <laughs> he's been working for the last, I want to say going on three, maybe four days. He's been working on building this Lego mall is what he's calling it. And I mean, the my dining room, or as the boys call it, the diving room. <laughs> it is <laughs> filled with Legos right now. And he is building a mall that he will not let me go see so
0: (laughs) oh fun
1: uh uh, yeah (laughs) it's keeping them preoccupied and away from a screen so yeah oh
0: he's so darn cute
1: all right let's move on to the
0: podcast so my dear you know how mm, not every mother-daughter relationship is like ours i mean we have a lot of fun together Mm -hmm. but it's not like we want to hang out like all the time together (laughs) I mean, you have your friends, I have mine, right? Yes, but we still consider each other
1: close friends, I would say. Very
0: close friends, right. Well, I'm going to introduce you to Daisy and Wida Keaton, who had a very close relationship. Daisy's the mother, Wida was the daughter, but they definitely had their problems. So the Keaton family was what one can only call a family of misfits. John Mm. and Daisy Keaton had four children. Maud, Wida, whose real name was Juanita, Earl, oh. and there you go. Yeah, that makes more <laughs> sense. I was like, yeah.
1: That's a very
0: <laughs> uncommon name, but I'm not going to say yeah, anything. It's, <laughs> it's written, that's even more O U I D A. Would never have thought that that <laughs> was how you pronounced that. I looked it up <laughs> because I had no idea what that was. <laughs> Oh da, (laughs) yeah. So, but Ouija board. It's from Juanita. So okay. Anyway, so John, the father, owned a store and ran a sawmill in the little town of McNeil, Mississippi, where the family also lived. And in 1907, John was killed in a mysterious railroad accident. Ooh. So it is pretty much assumed that he committed suicide. Oh really? At uh, the situation was just really weird and it was never, it was never fully explained. So it was just a pretty gruesome accident on the railroad. Oh, okay. Um, and he ran a store in a sawmill. It's not like he worked on the railroads, you know. Oh. But anyway. So he had six life insurance policies. Uh, six. Oh. Six.
1: Mom. Stop. Stop. <laughs> You said that number three times in a
0: row. Oh, Oh, man. I didn't even realize it. We get it. It just blew my mind that he had six life insurance policies. We get it. He had six. You don't need to summon the devil with this one. Gosh. But most of which he had only paid one year's premium. Oh, so they were new. Yeah. And that's kind of why they thought maybe he had committed suicide.
1: Interesting. he had
0: planned ahead or something. I don't know. Maybe he was hmm. really unhappy with Daisy. But some of the policies even carried double and So, when it was all paid out, when it was all said and done, 29-year-old Daisy found that she was a millionaire. Oh, times yeah. three. <laughs> no, it all <laughs> added up to be a lot. Okay, okay. Bad joke. Oh, In 1913, Daisy moved the family to Laurel, Mississippi, to be closer to her sister. And the children were now 16, 14, 11, and 7. Maybe. What? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I found it interesting that Mississippi did not have birth certificates until 1912. Really? Yeah. So try doing Ancestry.com with that. (laughs) oh yeah
1: you wouldn't be able to track any of your family down if they were born it would be in really hard
0: yeah it'd be really hard and the keaton women were never very truthful about their ages well
1: i but. wouldn't be either it would be my 30th <laughs> if you birthday didn't have anything to
0: prove it yeah it'd be my 30th birthday <laughs> every year like <laughs> wow After a while, you'd start looking like a really old -old 30-year-old when you're 15, still claiming you're 30. It's
1: all those cocktails, Mom.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, but those ages are the best that I can come up with, and they were, I'm sure, very close. Okay, so the family settled into a modest um, home close to Daisy's sister. Daisy did her best to run the tight ship at home. She was demanding and overbearing, insisting oh. on her children's loyalty. Oh. Wita was described as very shy and quiet and did not have friends or play with other children during her younger years. Hmm. While in school, Weta would run home after the school day to be with her mom, mother, mom, (laughs) her mom, her mother. She wasn't afraid of her with how demanding she was? I guess not. I mean, she, I don't know. Maybe she just needed that. I I have no idea. She
1: needed her mother.
0: (laughs) She and Daisy grew very close as Weta grew older. During high school, Weedah was still friendless. And hmm. although she became more and more beautiful, and I'll try, there's not very many pictures at all of her. Interesting. But okay. The one or two that is out there, she was just beautiful. She really was a beauty. You know who she looked just like? Oh, God. And this is totally off topic. <laughs> I just saw the
1: light bulb come on <laughs> over here. She head.
0: looked like. The um women the uh, or the woman the Dahlia the Black Dahlia yeah she looked just like that I mean almost exactly like that really yeah before she was before she died well I would hope so <laughs> before the Black Dahlia died Golly. <laughs> but yeah she looked just like that dark hair beautiful white skin I mean just yeah she looked just like that
1: oh wow. That really pale skin mm. that was like really in back then that now is not in, and I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I
0: would have been great back in those days with my pale Irish skin. Hush. So even though she was so beautiful, she never went to school activities hmm. or even out on a date. Just wasn't interested. After graduating from high school, Wida attended business school in New Orleans, oh, but good that for only her. lasted for three months. Oh, okay. And According to what I could figure out, the school was actually only for three months. So oh. as soon as school got over, she ran home like she used to in grade school. So it took three months to get your business degree? I don't know. Some places said that she quit and ran home. Others say that she attend. it was only a three-month course. Oh, interesting. Okay. So just a so. course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So by this time, it was only the two of them at home. Her sisters and brother had Fled as soon as they could. Oh, that's how bad Daisy was? Uh huh. Oh. Yeah. Well, that's too she bad. She was just, how she was described is very bossy mm-hmm. to everybody, not only our children, everybody. Ho- Daisy and Wita spoke about opening a hotel together in New Orleans, and Wheeda actually took a hotel management course in Washington, D.C. It was when she got back from the course that she began having episodes of peculiar behavior. She would stare out into space. For long periods of time. She isolated herself from everyone but her mother. And she was very temperamental. A mm. well, and Daisy spent much of their time together. They spent hours rocking on the front porch. Just talking and watching the neighbors. And just hours on I that.
1: mean, that sounds lovely. I know you and I would do the same. <laughs> but I also have other outlets for myself. <laughs> you would drive me summer. crazy
0: if it was every single oh my gosh (laughs) sorry go on so in the summer they would take a drive up to the area close to Daisy's childhood home and pick plums and they took trips together like they went to the spas together and went shopping for dresses together I mean it was like constantly you know I mean I could see us going maybe once or something I hate to shop so Going out and you know getting a dress or something. But they did not have
1: in common. (laughs) They
0: they did it all the time.
1: I I see us doing like a vacation, like a weekend together. But then it's like, okay, three days of all of this, all the time, twenty four seven together. I need my husband. I need to go call my girlfriend. Like. right already okay no no I think you agree. <laughs> I'm not meeting to
0: all right go on. So even though Daisy's money could keep both of the women very comfortable, Oua wanted to find a job. Good for her. She was hired as a secretary by Mr. WM. Carter, the owner of WM. Carter's Lumber company. The so Carter was a very prosperous businessman. He was liked around town and known to be very civic-minded and church-going. I think uh, somewhere I read he was actually a deacon in the church. Oh, wow. He was in his mid-50s, all right? Mm -hmm. And Juanita was maybe the very beginning of 30s.
1: So I'm assuming, since you're telling me their ages,
0: they fall in love. Well, let me tell you. So Carter was married and had children. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) But that didn't stop him from totally admiring Weta. She was, after all, young, very beautiful, like I said, and highly intelligent. In a very short time, Weta found herself promoted from secretary to office manager. Mm, He liked her. Yeah. Well, I think she was very efficient. She met with customers, kept the books, engaged with sales, and kept the office running smoothly. Totally taken in by this woman, Carter couldn't get enough of her. So several times a week, he would finish dinner at home, leave his wife and children, and rush to the Keaton home. Oh, my god. Yeah. And there he would spend hours talking to Daisy and Wita. All right. So interestingly, this was kind of weird to me, but maybe it wasn't <laughs> weird in those times. I don't know. But he would come through the, you know, come to the door. Both women would greet him. Then they would head up to uh, Wita's room. And I guess she must have had a suite. All because, three of them, or yeah, the way they described it is they sat in chairs around the fireplace in her room. So I'm I'm thinking she probably had a suite. Okay, um, that is odd. That's it's not where, like
1: a parlor or the family no, room. Or that's something. where they
0: spent their times together, the three of them, drinking sherry or whatever they drank, and then they would have these lively conversations. He was a smart businessman, so he would often advise the women on how best to invest their money. Hmm. Uh, but their talks also included world affairs, and what was going on in town. And after a while, Carter had endeared himself so much to both Weta and Daisy that he was privy to the Keaton family secrets. And believe oh. me, there were several that went on and more, more on that later. But just remember, I said they were a family of misfits.
1: Yeah, I still... I'm thinking of Rudolph and the Misfit, Island of Misfit Toys. <laughs> Sorry, get away from there.
0: <laughs> Eventually Carter and Weta, well, obviously they were getting more and more attracted to each other. And occasionally they would steal secret glances at each other. And, and then it progressed to secret kisses. They would sneak kisses. And, yeah. Then Carter would leave love notes in their secret hiding place in the sofa. In and the as as sofa? Left, yeah, they had a little, <laughs> like, under a pillow or something. You hear then, that, as Alex? Soon as,
1: <laughs> you can leave me secret love notes in the sofa, not just crumbs <laughs> and loose change. <laughs> uh,
0: as soon as he left the house, she would grab the note, and run upstairs to her room, and read it in private. I mean, it was just, like, this secret little love affair. So, but
1: um, it was a love affair even secret from her mother? Like even with how close yes. they were, yes. she kept it from even her. Even secret
0: from her mother. Exactly. In fact, if you think about it, Carter was only like twelve years older than Daisy. Oh. So it's very possible that Daisy thought he was secretly interested in
1: her. It's like a lifetime movie. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> so yes, he was married, but he was very handsome, rich. Kind and was showering her and Wida with a lot of attention. <laughs> I read that um she would flirt with him and she would like show off her new dress and flaunt in front of him and stuff. I mean, oh. I think she really thought that he was interested in her. Uh oh, because she had no idea, none at all, about the secret affair between her daughter and Carter,
1: which I just find so interesting since they were so close. Yeah.
0: Now, let me tell you a little bit about Weedah's sisters and brother. The misfits her, on the island. <laughs> the misfits. Her oldest sister, Maud had a falling out with Daisy shortly after Maud married, and they became estranged and rarely, if ever, spoke to one another. Oh, no. Even though Maud and her family lived across the street from Daisy. What? Yeah, they were right across the street. And I guess Wida was a loving aunt, and she just loved her little nieces and nephews. So she would go over there to the house and play with them. But they had nothing, if, you know, anything to do with their grandmother.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I wonder what happened. That's interesting. I don't
0: know. I could not find that. Earl, who was the only boy, was a handful since she was young. And six months into Wida's employment at the lumber company... Earl, who was 19 and married and had a child, was charged with an accessory to murder. Oh. It was actually his gun that killed the man. So he and his buddy were shooting pool, and um, his buddy had gone into an argument with a young lawyer in town, and the young lawyer was married and had a child, and and the lawyer had come to the pool hall and said, Okay, let's let's fight this out. Let's bring it outside, and let's fight this out. So then Earl tells his buddy oh you know you're gonna you're gonna get the crap kicked out of you this guy is so much better fighter and you're just gonna lose and you're you know he might kill you here's my gun oh gosh and so he gave his gun to his friend and i'm sure they've been drinking because earl drank a lot and the guy went out there and before the lawyer could do anything he shot him twice
1: killed oh him. my
0: gosh for some reason the case fell apart and earl was not prosecuted oh Then a year later, he and two other friends were charged with rape. His attorneys wanted the case moved to another county because of the publicity of the case. But this was turned down. So the men were convicted and sentenced to life in prison. Now get this next part. So the men appealed their conviction on the grounds that the trial was not moved to another venue. Okay. And they actually won the appeal. What? So their convictions were overturned. And the victim, probably not wanting to relive the horrible event, did not renew her suit. So there wasn't a second trial, and the men were freed. Oh, my gosh. So that's two times that Earl got off on just where he should have been charged. Oh, wow. But Earl wasn't the only problem. So Eloise, who was the youngest, okay? Okay. She was also kind of a family embarrassment. I think she really liked boys a lot. I mean, she was really boy crazy, and I don't know if that was what the problem was, but when she was 13, Daisy petitioned that Eloise's uh, status as a minor be removed. What does that mean? Well, the petition was granted, and Eloise received full access to her inheritance as well as the ability to make all the decisions concerning her life. At 13? At 13? Yeah, so basically they took away her status as a minor and made her an adult at 13. Oh my gosh. Oh, I guess Eloise got, as she got older, her life decisions became harder and harder for her because not well, only on was she... she's on her own. Yeah, yeah.
1: Totally on her own.
0: And not only was she in and out of Daisy's life, she was also very erratic with husbands. Well, she had so, no guidance. And there was a whole whole fiasco that went on with her first husband. It, it was it was crazy. I'm not even going to get into it because it was so confusing. <laughs> but basically, they ran off to get married. They eloped. Daisy intercepted and told the police that Eloise was younger than what she actually was because Eloise was like 18 or 19. So she was old enough at that point to make the decision to elope. But Daisy said she was younger than that. What? So then her husband got Actually pulled over and taken to jail because he was running off with a minor. Oh, it was just this this whole mess. And so then Eloise went home to Daisy. <laughs> it was oh just... my
1: gosh! So like I said, so how, Daisy like, had this... manipulative of like Daisy yes. of here you're not a minor anymore. Go out into the world at 13. And now that you're legally of age, I'm not gonna let you do make your and own now choices. Now that you might be
0: happy. Yeah, and running away to Chicago. I want you here. So I'm still gonna pick and
1: choose the choices that you make, and like there's I no said, birth uh, certificates, so they can't
0: prove <laughs> that she was of age. That is so exactly, bizarre, exactly. Weird. So now I've introduced the Keaton family to you and some of the turmoil That's surrounding sad. The, fa- the family. And this was a little more pronounced, I think, in Weta's life as she also was involved in this secret love affair with her married boss, right? Right. And she was not mentally strong to begin with. So all of this stress must have really messed with her Mm. because... I think that's why her mom liked her so much because she was so weak. Weak. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, She could manipulate her and let her do... I mean, and she was right there in the house under her thumb, you know. so on the night of January 21st, 1935, Weta shot and killed the woman she was most close to. She ain't weak no more. Oh, she just pulled that gun out and shot it. This is a total lifetime movie. So they were arguing about something, maybe about Carter or had Weta just retreated into her imaginary world, which she often did. Whatever was the cause of the shooting. What happened next is, to me, the most unbelievable thing. And, yes, more unbelievable than her shooting her mother. Okay? Okay. So. Oh. So Daisy is lying there, shot to death. What's a girl to do? Oh, I don't know. (laughs) Let's get rid of the body. Okay? Oh, gosh. So she drags her mother into the bathroom. Oh, gosh. And proceeds to chop the body up. Mom! (laughs) Some parts... She flushes down the toilet. What? (laughs) And other parts that couldn't be flushed, she uh, puts in the fireplace and burns them in the fireplace. So the only part of Daisy's body that Weida couldn't seem to get rid of was the legs. Or actually from the waist down to the thighs.
1: Okay, what is happening right now? First you're telling some (laughs) love story and
0: all of a sudden it's this
1: Dexter freaking oh my gosh Blech. okay
0: so now I'm just picturing these legs okay so it's from the waist from the waist down which oh yeah okay I, I remember get it. when I, <laughs> I took an anatomy class and I was actually on the cadaver team in college and yeah we had to do a test where we had to go to the different stations and one of the stations that we had identified certain things was actually that exact same it was for a woman, and it was from her waist down to her thighs. Um, oh, my god! That was there. Okay. That was pretty. There's something so I can, about, picture this, I can picture this totally perfectly.
1: There's something about, like, disembodied, like, pieces disembodied. of body, Yeah, like, just, <laughs> like, a random arm or random torso. It's or, creepy, isn't it?
0: Yeah. Ooh. So the only recourse and of course, we didn't we mind <laughs> was <laughs> the to. The only recourse, of course, sorry. <laughs> in Wita's mind was to get rid of that big body part. Of course. So she wrapped it up in white cloth. Some people say that that it was maybe flour bags, um, but, but whatever white it was, cloth? it was white. I mean, isn't okay? like blood? remember This this gal isn't working on all cylinders. Well, so. I don't think she was
1: prepared either. It's not like she no she planned wasn't.
0: this. I mean, no, she
1: didn't. I wouldn't know what to do with the uh, torso. God, now my mind is wandering to body parts. I wouldn't know what to do with just, okay, go on. I'm sorry.
0: So she took this, we're just going to call them legs, okay? But just know it was up to her waist. Still doesn't make it better, but sure. took her mother's legs wrapped in these flower bags and she put them (laughs) on the seat next to her. Oh, God. And it's a, a really cold, windy, rainy night okay and so she's driving around you know i mean not this knowing is what she's literally a do. perfect lifetime movie like now it's a storm <laughs> really? outside that, that was gruesome <laughs> well now it's so a storm outside
1: it's perfect
0: veers off of the highway and she finds this rural dirt road and she goes down that dirt road and she sees woods and she says great this is perfect so she stops the car she gets to the side. She pulls her mother's body part, <laughs> legs, out of the car. Okay, so they're heavy, okay? And I she probably noticed it at home, but now it's raining on top of her. Mm-hmm. It's cold. You know, she's freezing. So she decides, I can't carry these into the woods. I, I, I just can't go on anymore i guess so she takes leaves them them
1: right there
0: um a little off the road but not far off the road but not into the woods so basically there's this white bunch of who knows what laying on the side of the road of this dirt road so i i think what happened next was um okay so it's raining she's on a dirt road she got stuck her (laughs) car got stuck so then she walks to the highway and she gets a ride she rides into town she wakes up the tow truck driver and makes him go out to the road to get her car. So now I, they I know mean, this that is, she was out there. This is like late, late, maybe early in the morning. Okay, okay. early, early in the morning. Not suspicious so at all. Then he goes out there and he says, "All you had to do is put the car in reverse. Oh wow! And you could have gotten out of here." So sounds like anyway, I she would just do. was totally, you know, not with it. That's for sure. So now she's got two people that have seen that she was on this road, Hmm. right? So she spent the next few days cleaning the house and burning the body. I mean, it's not going to burn right away. So it took a few days to burn everything. Yeah, it smelled. And neighbors said that there was a weird smoky, um, you know, that they saw the smoke (sighs) constantly. And it had a weird, there was a weird smell in the air. Ew. It was during this time that she was cleaning the house that a night watchman heard two women in the house arguing. Now, remember, this was days after Daisy's death.
1: Oh, was she like reliving the So basically,
0: Weta was having a very loud loud argument with herself.
1: Oh, wow.
0: Or maybe in her mind, she was still arguing with her mother. Oh, gosh. Yeah, she's really... But whatever it was, the night watchman was like picking up two different women's voices. Oh, that's yeah. really creepy. Yeah. Um, so the morning after the killing and the dumping of the bundle, it was either a hunter and his dog or a farmer, depending on what resource you read. You know how that is. <laughs> yes, I do. Well, they found the legs. And then it came out that Weta had been seen driving on the secluded country road. And Weta had actually left a trail of evidence at the drop-off scene, as well as at the house, as you can imagine. Yeah. She was arrested a few days after the murder. A beautiful 30-something Wita fell into a state of semi-consciousness.
1: Oh, my gosh.
0: The whole country, actually, the whole world was enthralled with the trial. So the news of this grabbed the attention of London, of Europe, of... I mean, there were people all over the world that were following the trial. Just
1: because it was... Um- daughter who killed her mother
0: or yeah and the, the i the mean legs. you know oh, it, it, the just the whole thing put together was just like fascinating to people hmm. Wida was pushed into the courtroom in a wheelchair and would stare into space during the proceedings she had actually become mute but not before accusing carter of the murder what Oh, at the end of the day, Wita was pushed out of the courtroom and spent her nights at the Laurel Hospital. Well, I'm not going to go into the trial, but I thought it interesting that one of the exhibits shown to the jury was actually Daisy's legs in a box or casket. Um, I guess it was exhibit number 17 or whatever. Here you go is the body part. Ew, they actually brought that into court? Yeah, and showed the jury. Oh, gosh. Weta never even glanced that way. After a very short trial, Weta was convicted of killing and mutilating the body of her mother. She lasted only a few days. I think it was like three days in the penitentiary. Wow. She was transferred to the state mental hospital in Whitfield and diagnosed with paranoid schizophrenia. There she spent the remainder of her life dying on november 11th 1973 she really just like shut down like she did everything wow so carter poor carter golly he just also went to trial and sofas (laughs) i know (laughs) he also went to trial and was convicted and sentenced to life he appealed and his sentence was overturned but he was remanded for a retrial. Oh! The only thing is, the retrial never took place because the one and only witness was by this time not living in the real world, but was somewhere in her imaginary world, and she could not testify. Oh shoot! So
1: it's like so
0: there was not a uh, trial.
1: And you almost wish but there would have been a trial because they would have proven that he would have been, he been cleared. Was, maybe yeah, could have gone back to live his for life. Fortunately for Carter.
0: Even though he was a, quote, freed man, he was ruined. He lost his family, his business, everything he'd worked so hard for and had built up, gone. Just like that.
1: Rumors do for you.
0: So, Daisy Keaton's legs were secretly brought back and buried in the McNeil Cemetery without ceremony, probably to avoid publicity and grave robbing because this was such a big deal. A funny little tidbit here. The birth date on Daisy's tombstone is wrong. The birth date... (laughs) These really don't want their ages known, do they? (laughs) The birth date states that she was born in 1897. Well, the numbers had been inverted. She was actually born in 1879. Oh. So... Maybe this was Daisy's doing from the grave. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she doesn't want people to know how old she is. Remember I said the Keaton women were not always honest about their ages, so <laughs> she pulled a fast one even after her death. A Weta, or Mississippi's, as she's known, Lizzie Borden. Sure. As some have called her, was buried right next to her mother. So the victim wow. and the killer were ly- are lying side by side. Wow. For anyone interested in more details of this story, of the trial, I highly recommend Hunter Cole's book, and it's called The Legs Murder Scandal. It's definitely one of those books you can't seem to put down, and it was fascinating. He really looked into everything. Wow. And he has the true trial records and everything in their book, and he writes in such a very interesting way that it isn't dry or anything. It mm-hmm. was really very very fascinating reading oh okay. oh there you go the legs murder thanks mom <laughs> hey i was excited you'd never heard of it
1: no i haven't and yuck
0: <laughs>
1: yuck Ugh. all right how are you enjoying your drink mom still enjoying oh, it it's d- delicious it's a perfect it's little dessert
0: down. yeah i kind of want a little another one with the side of leg <laughs> gross <laughs>
1: All right, well, it's kind of funny that we don't know the ages of those in your story because mine has a little similar aspect to that. I am going to share with you tales of the Haunted King's Tavern in Natchez, Mississippi. How do you spell Natchez?
0: N-A-T-C-H-E-Z. Z, okay. Mm-hmm. There's <laughs> a Z. <laughs> <laughs> like matches. But Natchez with the Z. Yeah, Natchez. <laughs> gotcha. Okay.
1: So, the land of Natchez has a lot of history to it. And some of that dates all the way back to when the Native Americans lived there, the Natchez Indian tribe. They had at least three large villages out on this land. And as the good old American history goes, unfortunately, there was a huge war with the tribe and the French in 1729 and many many men, women, and children of the tribe were killed. Ugh. Actually, the Emerald Mound is a historical landmark out there. It is the second largest Mississippian period ceremonial mound, and I think it's actually the third largest ceremonial mound in the United States. Oh, according okay. to the National Park Service website. So, it's it covers 8 acres. Wow. So it has multiple mounds to it. So the first mound is 35 feet high, and it measures 770 feet by 435 feet at its base. Jeez. And then on top of that are two secondary mounds. And so that brings the total height to about 60 feet. Holy smokes. So, this that m- is huge. I know. And this mound was used by the farming tribe as a place of burial, as well as where the tribe held ceremonies and religious rituals. I really found myself researching a lot on this because I found it so interesting. They've done a lot of archaeological digs on the mound, and it's just so, so fascinating to me.
0: Well, if you remember just driving down country roads here in Kansas, you'll occasionally see a mound. Mm -hmm. And it's an Indian burial mound. Of course, it's not that big. (laughs) It's not as big as that. But there's quite a few. It's not unusual to see them.
1: Yeah, it's I just find them fascinating. So the Europeans move in and they want to make this their town now. This is where it's kind of similar to yours and that the building that I'm going to tell you guys about has a few different stories, but in my research, I found that the King's Tavern was built sometime between the years of 1769 and
0: 1799. Was it built in between there, or was it built either one of those years? Yeah,
1: either one of those (laughs) years. I mean, there was dates that said that it wasn't built until... 1798, and some said it was established in 1769. So that's like a 30 year window. I can't be for sure, but it is the oldest building in Natchez still standing, which is really cool to me because regardless of how, when it was built, that means it's between 252 years old or 222 years old,
0: which is so it's still cool. over 200 years old and it's still standing. Yeah. So it, was it made of... Concrete or was it made of? Not concrete. It <laughs> concrete. Bleh. Mom, I said seventeen sixty nine. I caught myself after it came out.
1: Um, actually, so some of it was built by like sun dried bricks, man made bricks. Um, but mm-hmm. most of it was actually built by boards from flat river boats. So men, this was like a big trading post, and men would come down the Mississippi River because it was right on the Mississippi River, or was, is, and they can't sail their, float their boats back up the river. (laughs) So they would take their boats apart in town and sell their boards from their boats, and that's how this building was made. Oh, so how'd they get back home? Oh, it was a trading post. Well, actually... (laughs) It's from Natchez to Nashville was essentially the first highway It's called the Natchez Trace. So there was wagons and a oh, lot so hitched
0: a ride. Sure. There's a, a lot of
1: traders that would go on that highway. So there was several roads that they probably could have gotten home on. Okay. But, um, There's also mules that brought in beams from scrapped sailing ships from New Orleans that would build this building as well. And and other buildings, not just this building. Mm -hmm. But this is the only one still standing. So like I mentioned, it's on the trace, like literally out the back door of King's Tavern is where the trace would start. And then it would go to Nashville. And Natchez was said to be like, I'm not going to say like the New York of its time, but it was really like a big hub hub. It was right on the Mississippi. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. And so Natchez was fairly safe. It's, you know, a bigger booming town and you have a lot of men coming in and out of it for trading, but it's the roads surrounding Natchez and out in the woods on the trace between each trading post where the bad guys waited to get you. Basically, this was lawless land and there were some really bad guys out there. I'm going to skip how and who built the building because honestly, I cannot tell you directly who it was or when it happened. There's so many different stories out there. Like I said, it was built on the trace and I know that it was built as a public building of sorts. It was never intended to be a private residence and I don't want to give you any incorrect details. But what I can tell you is that at some point on some date, can't be for certain, but Richard King bought the building and he made it into a tavern. So on the first floor was the tavern and the top floors held rooms for rent for travelers. And the building was also used to like all the mail was dropped off there. So he was also in charge of the post. Okay. So those bad guys I mentioned before out on the roads, well, it was believed that their scheming and their hunting, I guess you can call it, would happen in the tavern. So they would go get a beer or whiskey or whatever they're drinking and kind of scout out and check out the travelers over here, what they're in the area for, see what they have on hand and kind of scout their victims out. Oh, So two of the baddest guys in the area were the Harp brothers, Micaiah and Wiley, I think is how you pronounce their names. Uh, They went by Big Harp and Little Harp, mostly. They were brothers. (laughs) Okay, we'll stick with that. (laughs) So they were like super bad guys. Like they were super sadistic and really scary. They were known to not just rob their victims, but to torture them and even kill them. Oh, And they had a lot of other bad guys that worked for them. These were just just really terrible guys. There's so many stories, but what I found just the most, I guess to describe them the best, most of their stories, and I'm sorry, but most of their stories were about them actually killing babies. Babies. So I guess there was... A woman staying at the tavern in the inn upstairs, and she had an infant with her, and the baby kept crying. And one of the either big harp or little harp just couldn't take it anymore, went upstairs and just threw the baby and killed it. Oh my God. And the same thing happened with one of their children, one of their babies just kept crying. They and, killed their own child? Yeah, and they just couldn't take the crying anymore. I mean, they were just really gross, bad guys. But the story of the baby might be why the tavern still hears a mysterious baby crying upstairs at King's Tavern. Now, this location, like I mentioned, is well over 200 years. So there's obviously a lot of history there. But the owner, Richard King, the owner of the tavern in the beginning or near the beginning, I don't know. But he, like the story you told, had a bit of a wandering eye and he was married. Oh. he hired a 16-year-old, a beautiful... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he liked him young. He did. She was a beautiful girl. Her name was Madeline, and she was hired to work in the tavern. And over time, she kind of became... Well, not kind of. She did. She became his mistress. Now, oh. Richard's wife, Esther, she doesn't like this. And <laughs> I wonder why. Apparently, when she found out, she hired some bad guys, not... not <laughs> the harp brothers but she hired some bad guys to kill madeline now that's how the legend is told Uh but what's interesting is that madeline did disappear oh now legend or not in the 1930s when the owners of the building were doing renovations they discovered a jeweled dagger in the walls of one of the fireplaces
0: oh what a find then
1: a little while later they discovered three skeletons a huh? woman and two men bricked up in another fireplace. Ew. So some people say that this was Madeline. And some people say that this is Madeline and the two bad guys that Esther hired to kill her. Which... So what? They they, they brick themselves in there after they killed Madeline? Ah. <laughs> I know. Because it doesn't really make sense that Esther, like, she hires two guys to kill this girl. But then she doesn't need to hire anybody to kill these three, like... <laughs> to these, these two big- guys yeah <laughs> i don't want her blood on my hands but i'll take y'all's like it just doesn't make any sense but that's the legend she hired two more bad guys <laughs> to kill the two bad guys vicious vicious cycle that hiring bad this guys is, is how
0: esther got rid of all the bad guys yeah <laughs> she
1: just kept <laughs> it's the safest town ever <laughs> thanks esther okay so like i said the building was a tavern a post office, and an inn in the beginning. But then in the 1820s, a family purchased it to be their home. And the family actually lived there for many generations. (sighs) Okay, I'm going to try to say the family's name, but it's seriously super hard. It's Postalwaith, (laughs) Postalwaith. I'm sorry. Your face looks so funny when you say that. When I'm concentrating and trying to make sense of this p-o-s-t-a-l-w-a-i-t-h um anyway the mother of the family her name was Elizabeth and she said to absolutely just love the home she really had a lot to do with the renovations of it I mean she like closed in the upstairs patios to make them into bedrooms like she really did a lot of work make this a home. For so her this family. is like the second renovation on this. So this would be the first renovation. This is where they found the bodies? No, they found the bodies in 1930. She moved in in 1820.
0: Okay. Okay. So that's the first one. I yeah. Needed. So this okay. is
1: kind of the first renovation turning it from a tavern into a home. Got it. So, like I said, it was Elizabeth and she lived there with her children. She's said to be one of the haunts there in the building, besides Madeline, of course, but we'll get there. In the 1970s, the building was purchased from the family by the Pilgrimage Garden Club of Natchez. They turned it back into a tavern restaurant and they named it the Post House Restaurant. And then it was sold to Evan Scott. And in 1988, he opened it as the King's Tavern. Okay, so now the hauntings. (laughs) Okay, obviously they history. Yes, obviously they found skeletons in the walls. But I mean, we're doing a lot of renovations on a very old, old building that has seen a lot of people come and go through it. So I'm sure also with these renovations, you're stirring a lot of things up. Yeah,
0: that's what. Yeah,
1: especially in a building that's between the ages of 252 and 222 years old. A lot of shadows are seen. A lot of the time, the shadow figures are actually seen by guests at the restaurant. And a lot of the times, they're seen on the stairs. Here's those stairs again. There you go again. A lot of guests reported, like, they see kind of, like, somebody walk by and they take a second look. And then there's, but there's nobody there. One guest at the restaurant, I believe he was in the military of some kind. He saw a beautiful young woman in a long dress with red hair sitting by herself at a table in another room of the restaurant okay so like the tavern is still separated into different rooms rooms yeah and he can kind of like diagonally from his table he sees this woman in the in an empty room sitting at a table all by herself and she's just sitting there staring at him he said oh and then when he looks up to lock eyes with her again because i think he liked her she was gone. Poof. He even got up to look in that room. Like I said, I think he liked her. And it's just totally empty. Now, this oh. red-haired young woman or girl is seen in the tavern a lot. There's even a picture up on the staircase of a woman. Like when they see her, they're like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what she looked like. And this is a picture and this is supposedly the spirit of Madeline. Oh, the
0: pictures of Madeline? Mm
1: Mm-hmm. The red hair and stuff? That's what they say. I don't know if that's just a visual that they painted up or what, but that's what they were saying. And when things happen, they actually talk to the spirit and call her Madeline. Ghost adventures went there and I'll chat a little bit about their experiences, but they kept... Uh-huh. They kept talking to the spirit and saying, "You know, is your name Madeline? Madeline, can you come say hello?" But I'm thinking the whole time like Elizabeth lived in this building. <laughs> she died in this building and raised generations of family in this building like for a very long time. I mean, why does everybody always assume it's Madeline? I don't <laughs> want to sound Elizabeth. I don't want to sound like Esther here, but like. <laughs> What if it's Esther? I mean, she was in it just as long if not more than Madeline was, unless that right unless that is Madeline like in the
0: fireplace, but there's no way to prove that. No. So, and you don't know if she was killed in the inn.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I would be pissed if I was haunting some place and they kept calling me by the wrong freaking name. <laughs> I would throw dishes and move things around and haunt you too. <laughs> Another spirit in the tavern may be one of those outlaws in the area I'd mentioned before. He puts off a more sinister presence. He's seen wearing a cowboy hat, a dark jacket, pants... And a long, thin tie He's actually been captured in a few photos By people that are taking their pictures By the fireplace where the skeletons were found And then he shows up? Yeah, so he's in a couple pictures So maybe he's one of the guys That was found in the wall Or in the fireplace Or maybe he's the one that killed him Yeah, yeah, I guess we Wow. But when people feel pressure on their chest Or a tightness in their necks and shoulders And when dishes are thrown aggressively They blame this spirit but again like what if it's elizabeth aggressively as opposed
0: to just light lightly throwing, throwing a-, a plate <laughs> yes
1: but like seriously elizabeth's like hey it's not this guy in a cowboy hat i'm gonna choke you it's elizabeth like
0: <laughs> i think you're just having this personal <sighs> relationship because of the name Well, poor
1: elizabeth <laughs> Oh, so like I said, Ghost Adventures went there and <laughs> they really spent a lot of time doing research on the dagger and the skeletons found in the fireplace, which I did like to see. That was really interesting how they were they found old newspaper articles and they actually found like the husband of the woman who found the dagger and all this. They kind have of a st- picture of the dagger? They did. And they ended up finding out that the dagger was a Spanish colonial dagger from the 1700s. and of oh. Zor. Absor- oh, my God. Of Zorse. Golly. Of course, Zach kept going on and on about how it was used for human sacrifices.
0: Oh my gosh. Are you
1: kidding me? I mean, there are skeletons found in the fireplaces, but it doesn't mean that there's human sacrifices in every building <laughs> you go to. <sighs> but after doing all that research, which is pretty interesting, like I said, it was season eight, episode 15. So Nick was still there and Nick actually seems to get like possessed in this house, which I found interesting because Nick is like, I don't know, he's not really the over actor of the group. Like he is no drama. No, He, he really takes it seriously. I thought so. And so either it's really good acting or he seriously got possessed because even the way he starts to walk, he's just different. Like he looks like a drunk zombie like his steps are oh, just weird. different he's walking like in slow motion kind of but he becomes really attached to the place and he doesn't want to leave they actually have to force him out cuz they're like you're acting really weird and they'll find him just like standing in a room by himself like facing a corner just like totally zoned out like it was
0: really oh my gosh scary. i'm going to have to i'm sure i saw this but i need to go it
1: was actually Revisit really it. scary oh to watch because he just he doesn't seem like he's present. Um, So they get him out and they bring freaking Billy in now.
0: <laughs> oh, stop. You're always hating on Billy. I am. I'm
1: sorry. He just bothers me. He's just such a brown noser with Zach. And he just anyway. <laughs> so and, you know, he just, you know, I feel like he didn't like that Nick was getting all this attention. But, you know, so he had to get. <laughs> He had to get possessed when he got in the house, too, because he's left in the house by himself and he's left to take full spectrum pictures. And so, you know, you get these pictures and you can see like orbs. They're trying to capture orbs or figures or anything like that. Right. So he'll like take a picture and then he'll like turn and he'll just like stand there. (laughs) And then you can see him almost like snap back into it and be like, oh, oh. And so he'll start taking pictures again. And then all of a sudden he just stops.
0: I wonder if I look like that when I walk into a room and forget why I'm walking <laughs> into that room. Okay, I do it all the time. Like, I walk down the basement and
1: I'm like, why did I come down here? I don't know. But he he did it so many times. And then he goes to, like, sit on the bottom. He sits on the stairs and he starts to, like, hum and, like, moan. And he, like, <laughs> he falls asleep. And he's... So Zach comes and wakes him up and he's like, oh, my heart's beating so fast. And it's like, (laughs) I don't know. I, I, anyway, he's like asleep on the stairs. It's just, it's really weird. But Zach brings up this dagger, even in a spirit box session. And he did ask, tell me the name of the woman who was killed by the dagger here. And honestly, really clear over the spirit box. It responded, Madeline and it was like you could hear it i they could hear say, it like they have the word out there yes but i you know how they always <laughs> flash the word and you're like i did not hear that word like, <laughs> no <laughs> you just hear like this try blah, 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 blah. as you may zach but i have
0: not i didn't pick up on that word you though. just hear like blah, 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 blah. and then it's like oh it's a zach i love you like <laughs> <laughs> you just like, don't
1: know. <laughs> but this was very clearly Madeline. Hmm. Yep. And then they hung these heavy duty like drop cloths, these black thick like blankets on the windows with tape, heavy duty tape so that no lights from outside would come into the buildings sure. while they're investigating. And one of the cloths just gets totally ripped down and oh, because the tape like the way it fell and how it was all attached, it, you could tell it just got ripped down. It didn't just fall down. I mean, it's heavy duty tape. So the tape is Get still it. hanging there, but the blanket had just been ripped down.
0: Oh, oh, the
1: tape is still up there. Yeah. Oh,
0: that's interesting.
1: They're all, you know, freaking out about this. But I'm just like, guys, again, this is Elizabeth. She's like, this is my house. And now you're you're calling me by some other name this entire night. <laughs> And now you're hanging these disgusting curtains in my house? <laughs> this poor woman. Who are you? And leave. God. And stop that guy from moaning on the stairs. Nobody is bothering him. There's no spirits around him. He's just trying to get your attention. Get that weirdo out of here. <sighs> One of their guests shares a story with how they were pushed down the basement stairs once. so when oh, they scary. when they hear banging coming from the basement, they start to head down there. and of course, Zach was pushed down the stairs. <laughs> and it literally looks like he just missed the bottom two steps. <laughs> but he's like oh oh did you see that i was pushed it's like uh-huh good one no klutz, good one. george is not there again it's elizabeth <laughs> now there was this interesting part in the spirit box or in the spirit box there was this interesting part in the investigation they're doing a spirit box session in the basement with zach and nick and Zach asks a question. I don't remember exactly what question it is. Um, like something like, do you want us down here or something like that? And Nick like responds to his question before the spirit box vocals come through. And he's like, see, I told you. And then the spirit box vocals come through, like get out or whatever it was. Oh. So it was really weird. It's like he could hear the spirit himself before it went through the radio raves Waity, radio, God. <laughs> Wadio To Wadio raves. To Wadio raves. Jeez. The radio waves to the spirit box. That or again, they like knew that those words were coming through the spirit box. And he's like, oh, crap. I said it too I soon. I was
0: supposed to wait until they talked.
1: Oh, shoot. Hurry up, Nick. <laughs> Go walk like a drunk zombie in the other room.
0: Let's cover let's cover, let's this, cover up. this Okay, get up and start walking. <laughs> <laughs> now you're possessed. All
1: right. And of course, Zach ends the episode telling the viewers that as they were leaving town, they drove by this house that was totally ablaze on fire. And there were over a thousand black crows. What? On, <laughs> over a thousand? <laughs> over a thousand on a road that wouldn't let them pass. He must have just seen Alfred Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, I hated that movie. And he also (laughs) claimed that two days after they left, a huge, deadly tornado swept through the town. All because they investigated the Haunted
0: King's Tavern. Oh my gosh, they've got a lot of power. Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. But besides Ghost Adventures, there was a lot of stories about a lot of shadows and noises, especially from upstairs in the inn area, like the baby crying. Yeah. Which this place has been said it's been haunted for a while now. And like we've kind of talked about before, if you put enough energy into a place saying it's haunted, it's haunted, it's haunted, those demonic presences. They are going to kind of seep their way into those places because you're putting so much thought and energy into that. And that's why like a baby crying. Yeah, you know, it could be residual. It could be just that terrible, terrible moment in time that that residual moment is just being relived and so that baby is Mm. crying in that residual but it also could be like you know you hear a baby crying you're going to want to go up and see oh gosh you know does somebody need help or supposed to be empty why would there be a baby upstairs like i don't know it's kind of that's just really spooky to me to hear a baby crying
0: anytime children are yeah it's spooky to me I
1: know, me too. Because I just don't believe that a baby or a child would have a, a ghost. Like, I don't know. Well,
0: especially a baby because they're so innocent. Yeah. You know?
1: Yeah. So I think... There was just a lot of stories up in the end. They have a bed, a four poster bed in one of the rooms that they said was used when it was an inn. But it was an inn and then it was a residential house, you know. And so I don't know if it was Uh a bed from the inn or a bed from when the family lived there. From the family, I can't pronounce their last name. But it is a very old bed that is in one of the rooms. And people that have stayed there or that cowboy hat guy is seen in that room a lot, too. Which I thought was interesting. Oh, so, yeah. He
0: just doesn't hang out at the fireplace. No,
1: kind of keeps watch. <laughs> Apparently, chokes you. Ugh. But another sad thing is that the tavern seems to have closed uh, everywhere on Yelp and on like what is it, Tra- triposity or Travelocity? Was the where do I get my Travelocity? Is that what it is? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't. Trip, trip Advisor. Trip Advisor. What? I'm just coming up with words now. Um, <laughs> you know. You know what I'm talking about. Um, I lost my train of thought now. No, oh, it says that it's permanently closed. Which permanently? Permanently closed is what it says. And I I hope it wasn't because of COVID. I know a lot of restaurants had to close because of this dang virus. But it looks like the food was really, really good. And the ambiance of the place is just so historical. So I don't, yeah. I would hope it's not just COVID. But, you know, it is a smaller, older town now. I don't know if sure. tourists are coming through as much. But it's just sad because it really seemed like a place I'd really want to go check out. Yeah, it's very sad.
0: Huh.
1: Bummer, COVID. dude. Bummer,
0: dude. All
1: right. Well, that's all I got for you for Mississippi. Well,
0: this has been fun. Learned a bunch of new things tonight. Yeah. That. And we're not hating on. We're not hating on ghost adventures. We love ghost adventures. I'm not hating on them but... at all.
1: I mean, I maybe hate on Billy, but <laughs> sorry.
0: We're kind of making fun, but we enjoy them so much. I think that's why we, we do it. Because even when we're watching it together, it's just like, oh, good grief. <laughs> what is Zach doing now? I recently just got <laughs> Discovery
1: Plus. Um, because I there's, like, a lot of true crime stuff on there that we can watch for podcasts, for resources and stuff. Um, but Ghost Adventures seems to be coming out with new episodes every Friday, only on Discovery Plus right now.
0: I know. That's what I read. Yeah. Yeah. So...
1: I've still gotten my Ghost Adventures Phil have you you don't have no. Discovery Plus
0: although there was um, there's a new one that has been recorded that's on my TV I haven't so watched maybe it, it comes yet, out you know, just I like to...
1: a week later on Travel Channel I don't see maybe. them because there's still a Travel Channel show I don't see them not airing new stuff Doing on anything. yeah
0: no no and this has to be new because I've set the TV to record only new yeah so
1: it must come out like a week after it does on Discovery Plus or something
0: maybe we'll have to see what the titles are yeah. but uh you know i have to i have to watch it by myself so sometimes they're a little scary <laughs> i don't but there's sometimes when we're look at each other and go did wow. that just happen <laughs> <laughs> did that just really just happen
1: all right well sorry for the tmi but this baby's dancing around on my bladder so okay <laughs> Thank you guys so much for listening. You can find absolutely everything on our website, everything from our resources to pictures from this episode to donate to our Patreon. On our Patreon, we have extra episodes that come out. You get episodes released early, but you have all the links to all of that. Even you can listen to the episodes on our website, which is killerhangoverpodcast.com.
0: Easy peasy. Everything's on there. Yeah,
1: everything's on there. So check it out. More pictures, resources, all that good stuff. There you go. And next week we're going to be covering, we're going to be going back to the state of Florida. Florida. And just a heads up, it is going to be a longer episode.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah,
1: so maybe save it for your, well, spring break will be over, but save it for a long road trip maybe. <laughs> Just be prepared, but there you go. it's going to be a fun, I'm, I have been researching this true crime case now for two weeks and I'm super anxious to share it good. with you guys. Yeah. Good. Yay. So I'm looking
0: forward to next week. Another
1: good week, mom. All right. Well. Yes. This is one
0: weird thing about doing this virtually is that I can't cheers you. No. Can't cheers. And it's, it's. I don't know. I see you because we have our FaceTime thing going on, uh, but I can't really see you. It's weird. Yeah. <laughs> it
1: is what it is, what it is. Hopefully this will make things is. a little easier when the baby comes, but it'll also make things easier when the baby comes if you're just here to help with the babies. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and I want to do that. All three of them.
0: All righty. Well, virtual right, cheers, sweetheart. Mama. Virtual cheers link <laughs> <laughs> I love you kid